what lots of us are drawn to? Action, drama. When people are trapped in impossible situations, how will they get out? We love, quite frankly, the adrenaline rush in the five Raiders of the Lost Ark movies. Yes, there's a new one out. Have you seen it? I have. <laughs> the 12 Fast and Furious movies. Oh yeah, and there are 33 Marvel Universe movies with seven more planned. They keep making these things because we keep loving these things. Oh, and there's a new Mission Impossible, of course, as if Top Gun wasn't enough. That was pretty impossible. On TV, medical dramas like Grey's Anatomy with 19 seasons and counting draw us in. At home or in a hotel, this is Dennis's favorite, we might stream Highway Through Hell about a tow truck company rescuing people on icy Alaskan roads and ditches. Or how about Heavy Rescue set in Canada with episodes like Deep, Steep, and Stuck? <laughs> Movies and shows where someone is trapped, chased, or attacked. And it's never good trouble, as John Lewis would hope for. It's always evil trouble. And every time the hero thinks or whispers or shouts to anyone who will hear, help! Sorry, neighbors. <laughs> the Psalms describe a lot of tight situations, too. They're full of cries to God for help. They're cries for help from the ravages of lions, from calamity, from violent evildoers. We hear cries to get away from deceitful and unjust people. We still hear those cries today. From enemies, from demons and the domain of darkness who are each trying to oppress and trap and crush people. Help, the victims cry. And frequently, if you look it up, they are often from the pit. Our psalm for today recalls a rescue from the pit story. By the time we enter the psalm, the trauma has been resolved. The person in the tight spot was David during his early years as a young king of Israel, and he's the one describing what happened. David had been trapped in a pit created by his own bad behavior and sins too numerous for him to fight off. He wrote in our psalm we just heard, For troubles without number surround me. My sins have taken such a hold of me that I am not able to look up. Indeed, they are more in number than the hairs on my head. And my heart has utterly failed me. My heart has utterly failed me. His heart had led him to all sorts of attractions that a young king could want. His heart led him astray. He'd been like a swimmer who'd put rocks in his pocket and then more and more rocks, and then too late discovered he was drowning. 
So now his heart is speechless. It has utterly failed him. The New English translation says, my strength fails me. But David knew, he knew that God was the only one who could absolve him of this awful weight of his own making. So in this psalm, Psalm 40, which we heard this morning, David cried out. The Lord came and rescued him and stabilized him, and the Lord then gave him a new song. Instead of, woe is me, he now sang, the Lord be praised. Although the psalm goes on to describe the consequences of crying out to God and being saved, we heard David starts telling other people about God, and he's delighted to do God's will now. I'd like to focus on the opening verses. Let's hear them again. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my call. Or more accurately, from the New English translation, I relied completely on the Lord, and he turned toward me and heard my cry for help. He brought me out of the horrible pit, out of the mire and clay. He set my feet upon the rock and secured my footing. He has put a new song in my mouth a song of thanksgiving to our God. David knew he was toast. He'd blown it. The denial and fight had gone out of him. There were now no other options but God. He knew he was, like in the Canadian tow truck show, deep, steep, and stuck. And he knew he needed to make a decision between option A for anger, flailing and being destructively angry at himself and or angry at God, versus option B for brave. Give it up, dude. Turn to God and take the consequences. Thank heavens David chose option B. Turn to God and take the consequences. Having made that choice, there was only one thing left for him then to do at that point. Wait patiently. Rely completely on the Lord. What else would he be able to do? Call out to God and then wait. And you know what happened? The consequences weren't terrible. This is when the miracle happened. We don't know the exact details, but we do know that God inclined to him and heard his call and showed David mercy. He did not punish him as he deserved. Instead, and let's hear it from David's words again, he brought me out of the horrible pit, out of the mire and clay. He set my feet 
upon the rock and secured my footing. He's put a new song in my mouth, a song of thanksgiving unto our God. God's mercy was so undeserved and beautiful that David never wanted to live without it after that point. So he couldn't help but end his psalm with, Withdraw not your mercy from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth always preserve me. Most of you know that I've been a spiritual director. I still am a spiritual director. But I cannot tell you how many times over the last 19 years I've quoted the first three lines of this psalm. Person after person is somewhere in those first three verses. They've felt like God is pulling them out of their miry pit, or he's setting them on a rock, or hosing them off. Okay, I added that part. (laughs) Securing their footing and putting a new song in their mouth. Where are you? in these first three verses. Is God putting a new song in your mouth these days? Are you experiencing newness, delight? Is the sweet exhilaration that comes from knowing and trusting God the only thing that really makes sense? And so you find yourself praising and thanking God in your car, or walking through challenges with a peculiar strength and peace? Maybe that is you right now. Alleluia. Or are you at the God is stabilizing your feet stage? You already met God in the pit, or in a metaphoric fire like Abednego, or the lion's den like Daniel and seeing him be there with you in that pit, take you out, and he's now stabilizing your feet. You felt him lift you up and set you on a firm rock of resolution and peace where you can at last experience security. You're now able to breathe and experienced security for the first time in a long time. Feel that security that comes from the secure footing of the knowledge that God is very near you and will never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe this is where you are these days. Alleluia. Savor it. Or are you, in this season of your life, actively being pulled out of a pit? Are you feeling kind of scared and grateful and kind of dismayed that God is actually rescuing you in his mercy? Relax into his metaphoric arms. Lean into his care. Or are you in this season of your life down in a pit? Most of us are not 
even metaphorically stranded on an icy Canadian highway in a ditch, deep, steep, and stuck. But some of us are. We're stuck in a pit, deciding between option A, anger, raging at ourselves or God, or option B, bravery, calling out to God. And our indecision is either numbing us or torturing us. Bob Dylan, songwriter and Nobel Prize winner for literature in 2016, wrote, He not busy being born is busy dying. If you're busy being born, option B for bravery, call out to God like David. Alleluia. If you're busy dying, option A for anger, may God bless and meet you in your anger, in your frustration, in your rage. And if you can, in that state of being, keep your eyes open so you'll notice him near you in the fire. Before we leave these verses and the notion of needing rescue, let's pull our focus up from the pit and look down on the whole scene from above. Did you notice there's a fourth state of being you could find yourself in? You could be noticing that you are the one character we haven't focused on yet, the Lord. Maybe in this moment of your life, you are the hands and feet of our rescuing Lord in other people's lives, in the lives of your family members, patients, clients. Maybe you're a rescuing voice or vote in the government or the rescuing voice and hands helping a sick, sick planet. Is that who you are in this psalm? I think all of us here identify with this last state of being to some degree or another. After all, God's heart beats inside of each of us, which is why I think we universally root, root, root for the rescue. As we hover over the scene of David in the pit of his own making, mired in the effects of his sin, trapped and unable to escape, we see the Lord, a foreshadowing of Jesus, doing what he said he would do, as recorded in Luke. Jesus said, He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. With this perspective in mind, we can circle back to the opening of Psalm 40 and see the shadow of a particular miry pit we haven't talked about yet and which all of us will fall into at some point, death. Now, you could be like the old Jewish lady who was a friend of a friend of mine who said, I don't need anyone to go dying on a cross for me. I'm fine. You could be like her, but know that God and Jesus respectfully disagree. 
All the writers of the Old and New Testaments respectfully disagree. God, through the Holy Spirit, was the behind-the-scenes author and editor of the Scriptures, and he is the one who inspired about 40 writers to focus on particular stories. Taken together, they all describe in story after story the human condition. We humans are impressionable to sin. We miss the mark. We are unfaithful, unholy, apathetic, I don't care, selfish and heedless, and then we die. Without a rescue from the pit of death, that would be the end of it. But God has another hope for each of us. Paul described it in 1 Corinthians. He wrote, the perishable, that's us, we're all going to die. The perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal, we're going to die, with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Alleluia. Thank you, Jesus. Let's end by pausing at these first three verses again. While I read it and pause afterwards, think about where you are or who you are in these verses. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my call. He brought me out of the horrible pit, out of the mire and clay. He set my feet upon the rock and secured my footing. He has put a new song in my mouth, a song of thanksgiving unto our God. O oh Lord, meet and bless each person here in whatever place they're in. Amen.